You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hello everyone, this is Luke for another podcast episode, Happy New Year 2021, and granted, it's not being the best start to the year, has it? But uh, like I say, this is a channel where you can escape from all that, hopefully, so that's all we'll say on the matter. But yeah, it's a whole new year, we see the back end of 2020, we hope things will improve, and of course, we're now into Q1 of the year, and as most people know from board games, quarter one is basically the dead zone (laughs) it's like nothing comes out if anything comes out in quarter one it's usually one game that's big the rest will be like tiny ones if that and there won't be that many anyway and even then you're probably going to get the back end of 2020 for those like us who for example have not had every Essen release in the UK yet we'll probably see some of those trickle into the quarter one 2021 but for the most part you don't really see a great deal of activity in the first quarter now that's good and bad bad because no new games or no great new games that we don't know of but good side because a gives me more time to actually get on with other things <laughs> too it means i can kind of take a well i suppose there's a link to number one it means i can take a little bit of a breather in terms of oh i've got to get a million things played which given that the uk has just gone into lockdown again recently if until lord knows when could be another month and a half yet then yeah the chance of getting multiplayer games played that aren't on t- tabletop simulator is kind of remote so less games released probably a good thing it means i can catch up with reviews of games that i'm supposed to be doing from 2020 but also it just means that i can do other content you know i can do more top tens i can do uh you know special videos and i'll get onto some of those in a minute but yeah i, I kind of like the idea of a quiet period it just means that i haven't got to be like oh my god you know like rushing around like crazy the latter half of 2020 well latter half of any year is usually the period for that i mean christmas october november and december is just complete flat out with the blog so it's just nice that i can kind of go Ah, unfortunately, that's replaced by my day job because as a tax accountant, January is the worst part of the UK year and we are overrun like crazy. I am likely to be putting in a bit of overtime on that. Hopefully that won't interfere with the blog too much. But uh, yeah, I foresee myself a changed man after January and I don't necessarily mean changed as of, oh, I've had an epiphany and now I've suddenly like grown a few extra character traits. No, I'll be changed in the fact that work would have traumatized me to the point where I will be covering in the corner, crying my eyes out to sleep every night. I don't know. That's a bit of chamomile tea is my... uh my company after I've just eaten my food and gone out for a run. So trying to do what exercise I can, but whew, there's a flabby belly down there. I have gotten fat thanks to Christmas, although thanks to my mum mainly, bless her heart. But uh, yeah, when I go home for Christmas, she basically uh, is a bit, it's a bit like Hansel and Gretel. I mean, she's not a witch, but if you just imagine Hansel and Gretel's house being made of gingerbread, that's pretty much what my mum's pantry is like. Cause I think sadly no gingerbread. I love gingerbread. Gingerbread is like one of my favorite confectionaries, honestly. I mean, if you bake me some gingerbread, I'll be a friend for life. But 
She will always have crisps, chocolate raisins, candy, sweets, crisps, you name it. She's got it all loaded up. And every year I tell her to stop doing it. And she does it anyway. She goes, oh, it's only once a year. It's Christmas. And we got like the others coming around. It's like, so, yeah, we can eat healthy. There are healthy, nice things I can have for Christmas. Or maybe I can have a few crisps. <laughs> I mean, we already have a calorific roast dinner. We already have Christmas pudding with all the trimmings. There's already ice cream. I love ice cream. You know, but and but this time we have like cheesecakes on top, trifles. I'm honestly, I mean, it's nice food. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But... I'm fat. <laughs> I'm a fat man. I'm getting fatter. <laughs> you know, I'm not exactly a looker as it is when it comes to the opposite sex. So it's like, you know, having a belly the size of Manhattan or whatever is not going to do me any favors, even if we are in isolation and I can't exactly meet anyone anyway. But, oh, well. I gotta do what I can. I'm on a HelloFresh thing this month uh, because the last thing I want to worry about when I am doing overtime at work is what on earth am I going to cook tonight? Now I just literally grab a bag, cook it nice and easy. So it was on discount. I thought, why not? It will make my life a little bit easier. I had beef teriyaki mince tonight, which was nice, tasty. I think I've had it before, but it's a bit too calorific for my tastes, uh, you know, being beef mince. But I did have some pretty healthy ones earlier in the week. I just got a trial and error, really. But yeah, so... Other than that, what's going on with the blog channel? Let's uh, bring up that. So, uh, last couple of videos have mainly been just the two and that, but you would have noticed there was a format change that I've been doing. So, the top ten two thousand sorry, the top ten games of twenty nineteen was the last like major one that I did. Uh, at the end of last year and that has been very popular i mean i gotta admit i'm very happy with the response that got because i didn't realize that everybody really liked those types of top 10s a lot but i mean that's eleven thousand views since december 23rd now i know that's not particularly good growth compared to some channels out there but uh i'll take that if all my videos could get that those kind of figures i'd be loving it i'd be absolutely ecstatic you know, but sadly, you know, that doesn't tend to happen with them all. But since then, you will have noticed a format change with a lot of the stuff that I've been doing. So I can't play. Let's see. I might be able to. Let's see. Can I go through? And if I go. Nope. Oh, do I want to go full screen? Probably not. <laughs> there must be a way that I can play this in the. Well, I'll play it in the little bit here. That should be enough for you to just get a basic idea. And I'll just turn the volume down so that you can't hear it. So this is hopefully plain, I don't know, but uh, basically I've changed the format from old uh, videos. So I've got, uh, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? I've got a shorter intro. We're talking like about what, eight seconds on the intro. So nothing particularly like major there. And it's all just a case of, sorry, sorry about the screen coming back there. I'm literally just doing that to test that the video works so yep it's working but yeah so the format is basically more b-roll footage mainly uh it's still got the music in the background and and the intro is kept short there is no longer me waffling saying hello my name is this please subscribe la 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 that's all saved till the end and in like watermarks throughout the video there is no longer a zatu promo at the beginning of the video that is now watermarks throughout the video and a reminder at the end like as I'm outroing the video. So now you don't have to wait a whole minute before I get into the content, which I know is basically a dead zone for YouTube. I did some research. I looked at my analytics and it's just like for every video the the attention rate will drop and then it's supposed to plateau. For me, it dropped dramatically and it sort of never recovered. So the idea is, is that the video should get going within about, ooh, I would say, 
uh, within 20 seconds of starting the video, you get straight into the content as opposed to a whole minute. And that's including the uh, animated intro, which I still like doing. I know some people don't use an intro at all, but come on, you've got to have a little bit of professionalism. But but mainly it's B-roll footage. So as you can see here, hopefully, I know it's a small screen in that, but maybe if I enlarge it a little bit, is that going to help? We shall see. Uh, I'll just come out of that briefly to show if that's going. Nope, that's probably not working as well as I would like, but we'll... Let's zoom out a little bit. Okay, so... The idea is, is that the B-roll footage is more like I've got video footage of me playing the game or at least showing off certain mechanics and components. I've got photos and if the publishers have press kits, I make certain to get hold of them because they include a ton of photo footage, which is very useful and high quality. Now, other than that, it's also got my usual clips. So the clips that I use for movies are still there because I still like that as a comedy element. I think the vast majority of you like them, so I'm keeping them. And personally, I just find them quite humorous as well. But it sort of breaks up the monotony of someone just sitting there going, mur, 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 you know, like just talking at a video. But also, I'm not on view as much as before because of all the B-roll footage. Occasionally, I'll appear, but you'll hear me talking over the B-roll footage, which means that you can see what I'm talking about. And it's not just me in front of a camera because that gets boring when you watch that all the time. So this hopefully is a lot more entertaining for you. Now, on the last video, Arnak, I did have a problem with the focus. I'm so used to using manual focus on my camera and I keep getting it wrong because the viewfinder lies to you lies to you it's the lying machine because it, it looks good on the viewfinder but then when you blow it up to normal pc size it completely blurs you know things out and the depth of field the bokeh effect is always completely out of sync so that is now changed since the arnak one which is still a good review i mean i mean i it when I say good, I mean it got a good response. You know, how many people? Like four, yeah, nearly 5,000 views, 130 comments. So that's including my responses. So we're talking 100 plus comments, 99.6% uh, likes. So only one person disliked it, which is probably a troll or a bot or something. Um, you know, since January the 4th. Not bad for less than a week. I'd, I'll take that kind of growth for less than a week. Uh, but the thing with that one is that I was a bit out of focus. So what I've now done with some advice from some very kind commenters who are sort of video production people, you know, they know what they're talking about. I now am using a camera on a different aperture setting, something like it used to be 1.8. Now I think I've taken it down to 3.2, 2.8, something like that, you know, just lowered it down a bit, increase the ISO, because I was so paranoid about having noisy pictures. Apparently, that's not the case. You can have footage at ISO, you know, 600 without any problems. So it's like, okay, fine. So I think I've put it at 640. I think I'm at 640. And I've used that to, or actually, have I gone down to 1.8 aperture? I might be at 1.8, but I might have just changed the depth of field. I don't know. I've, I've done something with the, I've done something with the settings. But the main thing you'll notice is that I have put autofocus on the camera, which means I'm never out of focus unless I go up close, up close, up, you know, like that, which I very rarely, if any, do. I think I've done it once. But other than that, I should be in focus. And hopefully I can work on getting the bokeh effect in the background to the setting I like, but that's a subtle tweak and that's my personal preference. At least I'll be in focus. So that was doing quite well and that's done well for my recent edition, which I put on yesterday. How do I rate my board games? This was a video that, whoop, got a bit of noise there. Uh, this was a 
video I put together where you can see I am facing the uh, people. I'm back in the office room where I've got the other set of games because I just think that's a better backdrop. The other thing is, is that on here, if I put any camera on the table, it shakes because this is a slightly wonky Geekazen table, which is a not the best thing to shout about their quality, I must admit. I mean, the table was good, but the screws and the attachments that went into the legs, I think were a bit, a bit lackluster. Yeah, they don't seem to be very tight. So it does get a bit wonky and wobbly. The problem with that is that if you put any camera on the table, you get camera shake. I noticed it in the tabletop plays where you saw overhead, you could see the wobbling camera. It happened on the Arnak review and it's just a bit of a pain. So I'm back in there with the ticket to ride boxes as the backdrop, although I'm zoomed in closer at an angle. So I'm not quite as far back in the room. And that seems to be working quite well with the autofocus. So, you know, I've had good responses, 1500 views on this one, which I'm not expecting this one to be as popular because it's just a an editorial video in a sense, but it still took me a lot of hours to edit this one, a lot of hours. So, uh, you know, share it out give me some slack please <laughs> i kind of need this one to justify the hours i put into it but what this is is a video where i talk about what my numerical rating system means what does a one to three rating mate in this instance what does a a six mean what does the seal of endorsement mean what does the seal of a distinction mean and you know i give some examples of games where uh, I wonder if it will show up here. Yeah, so some rating. I say a rating. I give some examples of games from my own uh, history where I've rated them at this particular level. I do go and update my ratings every now and again on Board Game Geek. I'm probably due to do that soon, though. I think they're a little bit out of date. But, you know, I do what I can. But this video hopefully will be informative to some of you. And I know a couple of people have questioned. They sort of watched it and thought that they were going to find out what I meant by how I review methodology-wise. I could do a separate video on that if you want, something like uh, how do I review my board games? So obviously I play the games as much as I can, la la la, but I would go into more detail about the detail format, <laughs> funny enough. So, you know, would something like that be useful? I, I certainly wouldn't want to make it a high edit video. It would probably just be a thing on the side, but probably not something I would reserve for a podcast on its own. But yeah. Two videos so far, and currently I am editing the Under Falling Skies review, so the Czech Game Editions video, that will be coming out this week. And I've also got, I got a couple of things in the works. Uh, Alex from Board Game Co. has asked me to uh, do some collaboration stuff with him, so we'll hopefully do something uh, soon. You know, I don't know what type of video, but we'll do something. Uh, he's from... Uh, yeah, Board Game Co. Uh, Board Game Ramblings and I need to hurry up and arrange a time so we can do our top 10 uh, games the other channels are on about. Um, I will do that on StreamYard. I have purchased... No, I haven't purchased. I've found a theme that I can do for overlays and stuff, which will make it look a bit more professional than it has before. And that should hopefully do the job. I mean, it will be the first time I've done a multi-streamed thing, so... Uh, Hopefully it will work, but if that goes well, it will mark the beginning of me doing collaborations with other channels where I say, look, I'm doing a top 10 on this. Do you want to come on and talk about it? I'm going to review this game. Do you want to come on and talk about it? Do you want to come on and just talk about random stuff with the Q&As and that? So I'm hoping it will pave the way, but I need to get that initial video done first with the Board Game Ramblings crew because that is priority. I really must get in touch with them and just really nail them down for a date. Hmm. There we go. So, yeah, that should be pretty sweet. The other thing, though, is that I'm doing a couple of videos for Portal. Portal has got, in fact, I better show this on a different site. Let's, uh, PortalCon. 
has he got uh, Porto Canding? Hmm, I need to see if I can find the apps, the press release for it, but uh, I can't seem to find it, but I will, I will get to a Portal website as I'm talking here. So basically, Portal Games do a convention every year. And I've normally... Oh, I just closed it. What a moron. Uh, they do a convention every year. And essentially, it, I've gone to visit them a couple of times. I've gone to Poland. It's mainly for the Polish uh, lot. But they, they do some cool stuff. And it's, like I say, they're a very nice gang. They're very nice people. All of them that work there. Ignacy is a lovely, mate, <laughs> lovely man. And so is his wife and Dorna. Everybody's just lovely there. I love the Polish. But... You know, this, he does this as a kind of mainly for the Polish. It's not really a worldwide thing, but he does do these streams. He does these little episodes, like keynote seminars and stuff, where he tells everybody and announces, this is what we got planned for the year. And I like that. It's kind of like an investor's call, in a sense, for a uh, for a publisher. You know, I like the way that, that goes. But the last couple of years, it's had to be online because of COVID, which is a shame. I mean, I was hoping things would have cleared up by now and I could have gone this year, but... Uh, Fingers crossed next year I'll see you in there. And fingers crossed this year will be good for Essen actually as well. But uh, January the 23rd, he'll have some events. So he's got uh, some uh, keynote seminars. He's got uh, Portal Games Informant, uh, Twitch chats, premier gameplay streaming of Robinson Crusoe, the Book of Adventures, uh, another, you know, the, an upcoming Kickstarter, and Empires of the North, North Egyptian kings north egyptian kings that's your excuse for getting past the north thing is it oh well but you know there's stuff like that and you can get a ticket for that so certainly if you're interested in portal games i say sign up and uh, check out some of that content but what are these two videos i got planned well one i was going to do anyway one uh Gnasty has asked me to do on email actually it's very nice he chats to me on email but what he wants to do is that last year rolling dice i think did a a live reaction video to the keynote seminars half an hour it's 30 minutes and basically you watch it and you comment on it and it's like i've never done a reaction video before i mean i've watched people's i watch like angry joe trailer reaction videos and stuff like that but i've never done one myself but this would be interesting if i can figure out how to get it to work with Streamyard. like okay so i can play video media from the internet youtube on Streamyard. if i can do that if i can work it out then I would be interested in doing that. So on the day, I will be ready. I think it will be Sunday, Sunday one o'clock from my perspective, British Standard Time. It varies for other countries, but I might make that my, in fact, actually, wait a minute, it's the 10th today. So 17th, 23rd. Oh, is that 23rd? That's a Saturday, isn't it? That's not a Sunday. Um, all right. It might be in addition to the podcast or it might be a replacement for the podcast. Or maybe, actually, well, it's live though no it's live i'll have to be separate to the podcast i'm talking rubbish but i'm gonna do it i'll, I'll see if i can get it to work and then i'll do it i think that'll be good so i'll react to what they're going to announce what they're releasing and give you my thoughts that should be good but that wasn't the original plan i had for it what i'm thinking of doing is or what i'm going to do this is another thing is that the first top 10 list of the year that i do the proper top 10s like i did before is going to be Portal games. Yep, top 10 portal games. You know, I can easily find 10 games. Well, easy. yeah, I can. <laughs> I've only played. How do you mean I've played? I don't know the number, but um, I can get a list of 10 portal games that I can shout out and say, yeah, these are really, really good. Because I think the only major one I haven't played is Stronghold, because that's a complex two player game and it's not something I can get to the table easily. But 
I've done all the rest, Nurishima Hex, Mono the Farina, everything you've heard me talk about in my top 100 and stuff like that. I could definitely do a top 10 list of uh, Portal games and see how my thoughts are with them now, talk about why I like them, that kind of thing. And I was going to do it as a little uh, present for them, you know, just to say, look, I've done this just to kind of honor them, really. Uh, Ignacy doesn't know, though, that I'm doing it. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if he's watching this video, then he knows. <laughs> but I only said to him on an email that I'm doing another video as a teaser. I didn't say what I was doing. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually watches or listens to this podcast and, you know, finds out. But uh, yeah, I'm going to do that video and I'll probably release that on... Might do it on the same day, to be honest, just time it for then or maybe i'll do it a couple of days before yeah probably a little bit before the event because i need to obviously spread the footage out sorry spread the releases out too much on the same day is not a good thing so yeah that's my plan for portal khan it's just a shame i can't be there but uh like i say wishing the, the polish all the best wishing portal all the best look forward to seeing you lot soon hopefully at essen if we can get life back to normal so on with the rest of the podcast, I want to do a couple of quick reviews uh, for games that I've had over Christmas, and I want to just talk about some anticipated games for the future, because some people do like top 10 anticipated games and that, and it's like, I don't really see the need to do a top 10 list for that sort of thing, especially when you can easily get burnt out by stuff you hype up too much, not to mention some stuff doesn't get released in a year, so it's just, it always ends up being a bit of a a weird list it's not one that i tend to do but we'll get on to that later first up let's talk some reviews so seven wonders duel love the game 10 out of 10 game probably the best two-player game in existence agora is the new expansion that we have for it this is essentially a political expansion for seven wonders duel but you don't do any uh, actual negotiation or anything like that but basically you have this new senate board with a bunch of chambers inside it and some Senate senator cards and some conspiracy cards, as well as a few other little tokens and blah, blah, blah. But this is an expansion that you can play with both Pantheon or just the base game. It adds this new Senate board, and the idea is, is that the senator cards are now in the tableau, shall we say. They appear in the uh, list of cards as they come out. I wonder if there's an example here of it in action. This just looks like components. Uh, uh, well, there's the Senate board you can see there on the left being utilized next to the main board and then there's the thing there and as you can see some of the backings are gray so they appear in there and essentially what happens is that the senator cards have various different effects but depending on what type of senator card you find it's either an effect or it's a senate action which allows you to move these cubes why is it always going to be cubes around this senate uh, building here having the most influence in a particular area gives you some cool bonus but if you can control the senate throughout it's an automatic victory much like the science and uh, military one uh other than that you've also got some conspirator cards which you prepare them by sort of putting them face down in front of you and then you sort of trigger them and they cause nasty effects or really powerful effects the the expansion itself is good you know it's a good expansion but there's a problem a big problem a big question shall we say for this the as an expansion by itself with the base game it's pretty good you know, it adds a little extra level of complexity. It allows you to 
you know, do some cool combos with the center actions. It's another way to win the game. And it just adds a little bit more complexity to a game, which didn't really need much more complexity, to be honest. But it, like I say, if you want a bit more involved Seven Wonders Duel, then great, go for it. But there's a couple of issues I have. Firstly, those conspiracy cards can be quite swingy. There's about 16 of them, I think, in the deck. And there's people on BoardGameGeek who have actually done a tier list for how good those cards are. There is a clear difference between the upper tier and the lower tier in terms of how powerful they are. I think one of them allows you to steal a wonder. That in itself is ridiculously powerful compared to some of the others that might give you like two red shields or something, or maybe nick a few coins. It's a little bit too imbalanced in that front, but as I say, they take time to prepare, so it's kind of counterbalanced by that. But yeah, wasn't a fan of just how random they could be. Mm. On top of that, here's the big problem. Why do we need this expansion? Well, I've already got Pantheon in my in my Seven Wonders Duel, and Pantheon was the expansion that came before. And this one was a lot better. This was a great expansion. I mean, almost 10 out of 10 for me. I think I've given it a 9 there. But this one, it introduced the... Uh, let's see. You've got the Pantheon board with god cards in that. And you basically get the followers tokens from the main tracks. I'm sorry, for the main display, the tableau, shall we say. And with these, you're able to get the service of the various gods, each with very cool effects. But what you can do is you can mess up the draft... Because normally it was, you take a turn, I take a turn, you take a turn. Pantheon allows you to mess that up by saying, instead of taking a turn on the draft, I'm going to use this uh, god power, pay the money, and use it, and get its cool effect. But I don't take a card to do it. So I can make you take a card when I really don't want to take a card. And it's, it's such a good way of doing it. And the god powers are different each game. You've got multiple for each color. You've got the wild, you've got the wild one that I think is in every game. But you've, always, you've got like three different green, three different red, three different yellow, three different blue, that sort of thing. And, it's, and they'll price differently because depending when they come out, it's down to player decisions. It's a fantastic expansion. And with it, Science Victory became a little bit more powerful as well because of the fact that you can change the draft. Not that I had a problem winning with Science in the past anyway, but certainly it was not the easiest thing to auto-win. I usually find it harder to win with military, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, with Pantheon, I feel that the free win conditions are nicely in sync. But the thing is, Pantheon and the base game is fantastic. It's my way to play Seven Wonders Duel. Why do I want Agora? Playing this with Pantheon included takes the game to a ridiculously fiddly and too complex level. It's just too much on the table. It's too much going on for what should be a good, streamlined, flowing, like two-player thinky game. But there's just too much going on. You've got all the god stuff going on with the divinity tokens and that. And then you've got the senate cubes. You've got those cards that are new in there. You've got the conspiracy stuff to prepare. And then everything from the base game. And then at that point, you've also got... Four different win conditions, points, science, military, and the Senate. On top, it's just too much, too much. I just, I don't want to play this with Agora and Pantheon in the same box, which then means I don't really want to play with Agora because I've got Pantheon. I think Pantheon is miles better than this expansion, hands down. There's no question, no questions asked. So if I'm already going to use either base game only for new players or base game and Pantheon with experienced players, I'm never going to play this. It's a complete 
waste of an expansion. And I don't think it was even needed in the first place. Because if people say, well, if I'm only going to get one expansion, what do I get? Pantheon. Every time. I'm never going to tell someone that I recommend you get Agora over Pantheon. So why do we need Agora? When I heard about this expansion, I was a little bit hesitant about it from the get-go because I just didn't see the point. It feels like it's milking a cash cow with this expansion. I just don't think it... I don't think they thought about how much more fiddly this was going to be. I think they just thought, oh, it's another expansion for a game that's selling like hotcakes and is hugely popular. Let's do it because people will buy it. And it's just... I'm sorry, but if I was... You know, I don't want this. I don't want to keep this. Honestly, I don't. I'm never going to use it. I'm going to use Pantheon every single time. This expansion is of no use to me. So I'm going to get rid of it. But then if somebody had told me like this was how it worked, I'd be hesitant to spend money on this anyway, you know, knowing that it's barely going to get used. This, If you are playing Agora, Pantheon, and Civil Wonders Duel together, you are a diehard, hardcore player of this game. Like you are playing this endlessly online or with your spouse or something, and you are playing it constantly and constantly and constantly, and you want that. But sorry, I don't. It's too much. Seven Wonders Duel works well for me because it's a bit more of a streamlined affair. And it's just, no, I can't go with it. So overall, I I think it's okay. But I just think it's kind of just a bit of a waste, a wasted effort. You know, on its own, like taking Pantheon out of the situation, like it doesn't exist. I would probably give the Agora expansion a... Well, I mean, the Senate actions are cool, but I do find them a bit swingy, and the win condition is cool. I mean, I would give it a 7. Give it a 7 out of 10. It's fine. It's good. You know, I, I can recommend it as an expansion if Pantheon... If you didn't like Pantheon, then give Agora a try. Maybe Pantheon wasn't for you. But, you know, and certainly I would only recommend playing base game and one expansion, not both. But I would give it a 7 overall. It's a good expansion in its own right, I just don't see the reason it exists. And for that, I can't recommend it anymore. And I certainly wouldn't say get it over Pantheon because Pantheon is like a 9, 10 out of 10 expansion. It's just that good. So please don't make any more expansions for this game. It doesn't need it. If you're going to do anything, just make a bigger box, I guess. Although, to be fair, I can fit everything in that box. And that's the other thing. Yeah, storage. You're going to store this and Pantheon and uh, base game Seven Wonders you might have some trouble in that small box before. So there's another reason to possibly give it a miss. New York Zoo. This is the new uh, Uwe Rosenberg game. Um, Capstone Games of Furland is basically publishing this one. And have a guess what this is about. Just look at this cover. This is Uwe Rosenberg. And that's the cover. What do you think is going to be in this game? Did you guess polyominoes and animal breeding? You'd be right. You'd be right. Yes, because that's pretty much half of his games. <laughs> or most of them, in fact. And certainly he's on a bit of a trend with polyominoes. Now, I love polyomino games. I've got Baron Park. I've got Patchwork and a couple of others and that. But seriously, can we just... Well, I'm not saying I don't want to see any more polyomino games. Although I don't want them to go the way of Roland Rights, which got ridiculous. But especially for Uwe Rosenberg, can you just do something else, please? You're just milking polyominoes. There are other mechanics you can do. You were doing good with worker placement farming games, although they're starting to get a bit repetitive now. I mean, uh, you know, Noosford was a letdown for me. I didn't, and Halito was a six out of ten for me. You know, it was fine, but it wasn't worth giving a seal. You know, so I, I think that's kind of milked its uh, time. So try something else. Try a new mechanic. But 
is New York Zoo any good? Well, New York Zoo has you building a little nature reserve with lots of cute little animals. You move around this track here at the top where yeah, the tiles are laid out, kind of a bit like how Patchwork lays them out, but not quite the same. And you've got spaces on this board, and you move this little token around up to three steps, and you take a tile, or you do the action of get more animals. Pretty straightforward. And this is definitely a very simple rule set game with one slight fiddly aspect we'll get to later. But for the most part, it's basically just take the tiles and build up your little like thing of animals there. One animal per space. Each one is a little enclosure and you're trying to fill up the whole enclosure with animals so that it pops and scores, even though there's technically no score in this. It's a race game to fill up your entire board. But when you score, you get to take an attraction tile, a theme park ride, that kind of thing, and fill up more space. Like I say, there is no scoring in this game. It's basically fill up the spaces. Now, the game itself is fine. I mean, you it's simple rules, with the exception of the animal breeding, which I think is a little bit fiddly. It's the classic, if you've got at least two of an animal in an enclosure, therefore you get one more animal. But you kind of have this weird rule about like, oh, wait a minute, so if I gain animals, I can put a temp I can put one from my little outhouse building here into there as a bonus one. And then if I breed, I, I breed on everything, but then I get a bonus breed. If, which can be any animal on a different tile. It just gets a little bit fiddly, but not too bad, not too bad. But trust me, when I was playing this with the parents, it was a bit of a slog uh, to try and get some of these rules down for them. A lot of the board gets wasted as well. I mean, there's this bit here, this, this Greenland here, which is nothing. It, it serves no purpose. Why is it there? You don't have a storage. You don't store animals other than the animals that are on your enclosures or in these two little outhouses. So this Greenland bit here is complete wasted space. There is nothing that goes there. There is no point to it. It's just there. So that's a bit of a weird thing. Uh, the iconography is not too difficult to understand, although, uh, you know, these aren't these at the top or the board aren't exactly enough memory joggers for me. But the, the problem with this game is that it's, it's good in the sense that as on its own, I say on its own, it's fine. You know, you get to build up your little animals. There's no difference between any of the animals. They're just, they just breed at different times. You go around the board when you pass a certain spot, those animals breed. That's the only difference between them. There's nothing special about uh, a snow fox compared to a flamingo. But on top of that, it's just basically another polyomino game where you're filling up the spaces and the animals just allow you to fill them up quicker. That's pretty much their role. You can decide to get a bunch of animal pieces and fill up that way, or you can get a few small uh, animal enclosures, get the animals, and get the attraction tiles and fill up that way. You've got a couple of ways to play it from a strategy perspective. But aside from that, there's not much else to this game, really. The boards are, are supposed to be balanced by player count here. You can see there's two outhouses, so well, outhouses, two buildings here for spare animals. Most boards get three, but the player one gets two. And the idea is that the rulebook says this balances out the advantage of going first. I'm sorry, but I don't think there's that much of a big advantage going first. I've yet to see a pattern where the first player has a continuous advantage with this. Because it's not like you have much to choose from on your first turn. And yes, it's a race, but going first doesn't mean you'll be first in line to win it. So, but having one less building for spare animals is quite a detriment. The penalty for going first is a lot more than the advantage for going first. But on top of that, you've got a lot of pieces in the box. I mean, there's a lot of tiles, although they are a little bit on the 
flimsy side. These aren't exactly the best tiles. That little fold-out board is quite cool, and you get a ton of these wooden meeples for uh, the various animals. So it's it's well produced up to a point. Uh, certainly a lot of player boards, because you've got to have them tailored by player count as well as layout. Although the layout is like, oh, there's a little notch here. There's a tiny notch here. It's not exactly much of a massive difference. So variety is a little lacking. I also don't like the way that the tiles, as you can see here, are different shades of green to distinguish their size. I don't know about colorblind people, but do you have trouble seeing different shades of green? Because two of these shades here, you can see these, these are four separate shades of green. Darkest green is nice and clear. Brightest green is nice and clear. Those are pretty similar, those two, at least in my eyes. So, you know, that can cause a bit of confusion when setting the game up. But... And you run out of these animals pretty frequently, so you have to use tokens on top. I mean, the, and it gets quite fiddly things around. I mean, look at this. This He's barely got any animals there on the board. And yet you can see they're all over the shop. It's messy. You try filling up all these other little enclosures with the animals, and it's just an absolute nightmare to get your fingers in and go like this, you know, trying to get it without knocking half your animals over. The game is, and it's got a solo mode, which is, Actually, not too bad, actually. I think the solo mode is slightly better than the multiplayer, to be perfectly honest. But it's kind of like a rate. You have to finish your board before you go around twice. It's an interesting little puzzle, and it certainly is down to the wire at times. So I quite like that. But the game itself, as I say, is fine. But it's just the polyomino thing is nothing new. There's not a unique bone in this body here. You know, you breed the animals, Caverna, Agricola, and all these other farming games we've seen this. Polyomino, fill up your board. We've seen this in every Polyomino game to date, let alone Hilary Rosenberg's Polyomino games. And that's literally it. He's just taken two um, like mechanics that he's used to death and shoved them together. That just doesn't work for me. I, I just feel like that's just not... Like I say, it's good. I would probably give it... And my, my parents enjoyed this more than I did, actually. You know, my parents took a while to get some of the rules, but they were keen to play it more... Whereas I was kind of done after the first few plays. So, you know, maybe it's a thing that I think families will enjoy more. Perhaps those who are new to games will enjoy this more. Whereas someone like me who's played a lot of these games before is just not seen anything particularly new here. Therefore, it's a bit of a downer. So that could be it. But for me, I mean, I'd probably just give this a six. A six out of ten, personally. I, I don't think I would recommend this one over other Polyomino games. I think Baron Park does a better job. I think Patchwork's a better game uh, than this one. There's uh, uh, Isle of Cats is a bit more compli complicated than this one, but I still think that's better. You know, there's a lot of polyomino games out there. I would just recommend them. Baron Park's easier than this one and quicker because this isn't the shortest game in the world. It's about an hour at least. And there's more fiddly rules here, whereas Baron Park is done and dusted, taught 45 minutes, you're done. Nice, quick game. It's still one of the kings of polyomino family games, in my opinion. But yeah, 6 out of 10 for this one. I think I think it's fine. If you want to try it, give it a try. I just can't see somebody going, New York Zoo is my pick of this genre over all the others, personally. I just don't think the animal aspect is enough to pull people in. Right, I'm running out of time because in quarter of an hour, I'm supposed to be playing Stellaris and I still need to edit and release this podcast. So I might be editing and releasing this a bit later tonight, but that's fine. I'll do it later. But let's get on with the final bit of this episode. What are we up to? Uh, up to 40 minutes. Yeah, so I don't want to spend too long on this. Maybe 10 minutes tops. A bit more chamomile tea. So some anticipated games. I'm not doing a top 10. I'm just going to look through a BGG list here. 
as well as maybe a website that I know, as well as some of my backed Kickstarters. And I'm just going to comment briefly on some games I'm looking forward to in 2021 and which games I'm not looking forward to in 2021. So browsing down this list, it's a, it's like a geek list for anticipated games 2021. It's nominations. I think they basically do a little competition or something. So, you know, essentially they've done this before. I don't care about the competition. I mean, geek gold has no purpose. So what's the point of it? It's just a stupid currency. Why? Who cares? Online currency is not a good thing. But they do at least have a bunch of games here. So scrolling down, eventually get to some. Frostpunk. I am definitely looking forward to this one. Yes. Uh, you know, a team split off from Awakened Realms. Maybe they will focus more on making the gameplay good as well as the theme. Well, like I say, Tainted Grail does good. And Effa Fields was a bit of a disappointment, but they made it too much of a grind. I'm thinking that because this isn't so much a giant campaign sprawling game, it will be more like this war of mine. And that's the kind of theme that Frostpunk is, wintry war of mine, pretty much, if you've ever played the PC game of it. But I love the PC game. I don't play it much anymore because I've kind of completed it and that's about it. I have no interest in playing it on harder difficulties because, I don't know, I don't like the games to be too punishing. I just like to go through the story and experience it a bit, plus time. But... Frostpunk was really cool as a PC game. I think with some minis, the dice, the sort of cube tower uh, generator. I think Frostpunk could be a fantastic game, but we'll see. I mean, I I'm pretty certain I backed it. Yeah, I'm pretty certain I backed it. So we shall hope. I mean, this is just prototype stuff, three 3D rendering. So there's nothing uh, particularly sort of major here, but. We're certainly hoping that it will have like the tiles, you lay them on, build your map, and then you have to make story decisions. Like, you know, do you put the children to work? Do you leave them be? That kind of thing. You know, really gritty decisions. If this is like a sequel to like this war of mine in terms of theme and feel, I'll be all over this one. All over it. Uh, let's see. Makana Arcana to Eternity. Never heard of it. Frosthaven. I think I've heard of that one. Uh, some indie game produced by some small publisher or something. Uh, I don't know. It's a... Uh, yeah you know my feelings on gloomhaven or something i really don't care about frosthaven just because you took the word gloom out and put frost in the front and made it all blue and white doesn't mean it's going to be much of a different game but that's just me i'm not exactly caring about that one uh return to the dark tower no idea i mean most of these i've not heard of i've not had a chance to really look forward to all these random games that are here so some of you are probably seeing stuff you recognize i mean here we go Ho hero quest we're supposedly getting the reprint of that this year I can't see Hero Quest working in 2021. I just can't. Hero Quest was a nostalgic pleasure from my childhood. Loved it as a kid. Wouldn't play it as an adult. I can't see a reworking working. <laughs> I can't see it working. So I'm not looking forward to that one. Iberian Gage. Well, considering I don't like... Uh, well, okay. I've, actually, let's be fair. Not played either of them. But let's just say I have no interest in Irish Gage or... Is that what it's called? Or ride the rails so i can't imagine another train game by this person is going to really sell it to me board game by splotter well you know what i ain't going for that looks like half of this is kind of incomplete i mean 12th nomination is an 18xx game don't we have enough 18xx games seriously there's so many of them out there and they're all the same what difference does it make this isn't work oh role player adventures ah good something i can get excited about well ish i kind of backed it as a 
a passing thing. This is supposedly a kind of story-based uh, game using the role-player universe, even though that universe is kind of tacked on in areas. But I'm kind of interested to see how this will turn out. You know, they, they have put out some pretty good games using this universe before. You know, a good Roll and Ride, a good spin-off, and role-player is still one of my top 100 games. Uh, but to be able to use characters from role-player and this and vice versa and being able to sort of go and do little story decisions with a map and treat it almost a bit like a kind of mini D&D RPG or something. I'm looking forward to this one. And it looks like I'll have a ton of content as well. So solo or in a group, I'm looking forward to this one. Should be pretty cool. Dominant Species Marine. No idea. Um, I've played Dominant Species. Played it once. I thought it was okay. I thought mechanically it was fine. It's just way too long, mean, and punishing. And it looks like a dog's dinner. That it, well, that's been regurgitated several times. Yeah, it's, it's like Cones of Dunshire has better component quality. It's like, bleh, horrible looking. But the game itself was fine. I just think it's, I mean, three to four hours is way too long for a game. You know, there's a lot of AP potential in it. And it is very punishing. I mean, at times you can just get completely hosed and not recover from it. So, like I say, I, I can give it some credit. It's just not for me. I can't imagine a Marine is going to change my mind on it. 18, whatever. Uh, Last Light. I don't really know much about this one, except that it's Roy Kennedy's uh, game that he's involved with. So I might have to look this up in a bit more detail. Sorry, Roy. I just haven't had the time. Uh, God, this is some boring stuff here. I mean, uh, Weather Machine. This is apparently one that is coming from Vital Asserter, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Vital Asserter, Weather Machine. Well... I mean, On Mars was a great game. I mean, it was an 8 out of 10 for me. It might even go down to a 7 eventually just because of how complicated the thing is. But, uh, you know, it's still good. It's on my shelf. But I'm looking for an, a game from Vital Lacerda that's going to be like Gallerist or Kanban, you know, like 10 out of 10 game for me. And also Kanban EV will release in the UK, hopefully in this month. So that'll be good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely want a copy of that, actually. So Weather Machine. I don't know much about this game at all, but uh, artwork looks interesting. Kind of gives me a little indication of brass, which is not necessarily a good feeling I want, but uh, looks interesting. Looks pretty complicated, like most of his games, but a steampunky style board game about weather machines and building them, I guess. It does say that you are companies, which slightly worries me. This is going to be like some slightly pasted theme economic game, maybe, but uh, last bit of drink. We shall see. You know, maybe it'll be good. But it's Vital Asserter, so that already has my interest. Let's put it that way. Uh, Carnegie, Dawnshade. There's a bunch of, like I say, I could browse through all 23 pages of this and not find a ton that I recognize. So maybe my Kickstarter list might be a better idea in a minute. We'll try this one page very quick. Space Empires, don't really care. How is it? Furnace? I've heard rumors about what Furnace is. It doesn't ring a bell, though. There's a lot of historical theme games here, which I'm not as big a fan of. Black and White's 50th Anniversary Edition? What was that? <laughs> Come on, it's got... Oh, Time... Oh, Destinies, the new uh, Lucky Duck Games one. And uh, that might be delayed a bit, but that should be interesting. I don't know much about that one either. I think I just backed it mainly because it was Lucky Duck Games, but... Should be interesting. I mean, it's changed a bit since I first looked at it, but Lucky Duck have been on a roll with a lot of their games lately. So I'll be interested to see how that turns out. 
Aridia, the paths we dare tread. It's an interesting title. I'll give it that one. Uh, Namji, Namiji. I back that one. I should be expecting that soon. It's kind of like a successor to Takedo. So I'm hoping that that will be a very nice uh, family weight game. That will just put me in a nice zen ah mood and just look very pretty in that. So yeah, that, was, that should be cool. Uh, dirt side neon dawn <sighs> atlantis rising monstrosities i didn't back that in the end because personally i just don't think the game needs an expansion but uh i'll probably buy it when it comes out and maybe get some kickstarter i mean kickstarter estimate is october 2021 so it'll probably release around essen which means i could probably buy the kickstarter version at that point you know we'll see all right so i'm not getting as much from the bgg list as i thought so let's try my kickstarter this is one more looking forward to so stuff that i've backed uh so time of legends destinies yes uh namji we've already had that's just helping out a friend okay so we've got great wall great wall board game this one i'm interested in because again it's awakened realms but this is more of a condensed game not a campaign game and with this one you know having a good solid theme i've backed the miniatures version and that was the other thing actually for the price you know i mean it was expensive uh don't you know wasn't that expensive i mean 90 pound for the dragon pledge which gives you the miniature version of this game and there's a lot of stuff in here i mean cool money or not you could learn something from this and arcane wonders for that respect yeah, I didn't play. I didn't back the Freedom Five thing. You know why? Because the value went all over the shop. But look at this. I mean, you get a lot of stuff here for Ninety Marin. I was really pleased with this. But the gameplay looked good from the Dice Tower playthrough—a worker placement game where you've got to not only do stuff within the city, but you've also got to defend it from an outside horde. So it's got an element of a uh, tower defenseness in a way. I mean, it it should be good. And the theme of an ancient Chinese empire. You know. Would certainly, you know, I like Rising Sun with the Japanese feel, so I'll certainly take a Chinese version, uh, different minis in that. But yeah, I mean, it looks very good. Looks like a lot of stuff. I am very interested in this one. Very interested. I don't think I went mad on the add-ons because I think the add-ons went a little bit too much, and I'm not sure how desperate I was to get things like cooperative mode. I can't remember. What, I think I only backed it for ninety quid. I can't remember if I went into a lot of the add-ons, but uh, but we'll see. No, yeah, they've done a lot of stuff for that. Uh, Hell the Last Saga. I don't know if that will release next year or not, but Mythic Games. Sam Healy has uh, done a lot on this. This is the, you know, shall we say, campaign-style gritty Norse mythology game. I look for, and a solo mode included. I'm I'm expecting this to be kind of like an alternative to Tainted Grail, basically, for me. I like the Arthurian gritty legends in that one. I'm hoping this will be a nice dark Norse mythology-style game with an interesting mechanic and a good story and of course some very nice artwork you know based in that theme so yeah i'm i'm interested in this i've looked at some playthroughs i was kind of ho-hum on them at first so i'll hold my judgment until the whole thing's released but lots of cool miniatures lots of cool stuff you know all the stretch goals lots of things i'm i'm keen on it but as I say, I don't tend to keep up with the developer diaries for these sort of things because it's just too much information. Things can change. You can get too hyped up over stuff. I just like to sort of go, this looks cool. I'll back it. And then later on, I find out, oh, I've got a parcel coming. Oh, this will be good. And I just like to think of it like another Christmas present come early. Uh, Nemesis Luckdown, we've got that one. That's going to be quite cool. I've already played Nemesis, and I do like Nemesis. I just think it was a bit long, a bit random at times, and also some people could just slow the game down like crazy. I mean, just seriously, just make a decision and make your move. This is not a Euro game. This is a thematic alien game. Just play it and have fun. And when you get people like that, it's a fantastic game. 
when you get people who treat it like a Euro game, though, it's a drag. This, though, allows me to, and I went a bit mad. I, um, I got paid by a side client and I thought I'd treat myself. I was, I was just going to get Nemesis locked down and that was it, but I kind of got screwed into, not screwed, but I backed everything. I went for the entire Nemesis collection. So, I mean, some of that was because they're going to tweak the solo mode in the game to work with an app and work with both things. And I thought, oh yes, really get the solo mode working. But it was just so much here. I mean, look at this stuff. Look at the shiny stuff. All these miniatures and cards and hexes and boards and aliens and people. I mean, I wanted I wanted the different aliens because they look so cool. I wanted the different characters because I like variety. I wanted all the guards. I wanted the... Uh, I'm not sure if I upgraded to the door plastic tokens or not. I might have done on the basis that I went for the all-in. I don't know if I added those on. I can't recall, but uh, yeah, living fungus models, all this slot. Oh, look at that. Look at these miniatures. It does look cool. Maybe this is what I need to sort of perk me and make... Because Nemesis has never entered my top 100 because I've never owned the game. And like I say, there's that pro and con. But this version could really sell it to me. I mean, I, I reckon this is the kick I need to try out better. Right, really running out of time, so let's go on to just a couple of services here. We've got a Vindication expansion. It's Vindication, of course I want it. Mr. Cabbagehead's Garden. Never played it, but people keep talking about it. It's a great solo game, so we'll go with it. Western Legends, another expansion. Why not? So the last two I'll talk about briefly before I wrap this up is Endless Winter. I know very little about this game. Do you know why I backed this? Because I didn't back Freedom 5. That was it. I literally decided not to back Freedom 5, and I thought, well, that was 150-odd quid that I'm not backing Freedom 5 with. What's ending soon? That looks pretty cool. This literally had a few hours left, and I thought, for the less money that I was going to pay for Freedom 5, there was a lot more value in this game. And it's by, um, I forget who the designer of this one is. Is it, uh, is it designed by Stev Kodonsky or something? I can't read it. Uh, Try to remember, but it's... I wonder if it says. Takes place in North America. Here we go. Stan Kodonsky and development by Johnny Pack. Yeah, so, you know, these designers, I don't know if Stan's done anything before, but Johnny Pack's done some pretty cool stuff, but it looks cool. I mean, this looks like an interesting midweight Euro game, and that's the thing. Midweight Euros can do that excellent blend of complexity and depth, which I really like, so they tend to be my favorite games. Solo mode, 50 to 90 minutes. Sounds like a good length for a game. I'm going to say two hours because they usually lie about this. But I think for 120 euros, there was a lot of stuff in this game. I mean, some expansion content, a playmat, you know, all the deluxe bits, uh, lots of cool little pieces and that. And the theme sounded cool. The artwork's really cool. It kind of looks a bit like the Garpil game stuff. It it intrigued me enough to go grab it. This is literally a whim. This is a complete gamble. So don't let me down. And then finally, Perseverance Castaway Chronicles. I have played the second chapter of this where you are uh, going out into the wasteland and, well, into the forest areas and encountering some dinosaurs and finding relics and that. Yeah, episode two, whatever it is. I have played episode two and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was pretty cool, but I need to sort of play it a bit more. I even tried episode one. I don't know how I feel about having two games, but I mean, it was for $135 plus shipping. I don't think I got any add-ons because I think you got enough stuff in the deluxe edition. But you got two games for the present. I mean, you, you basically played retail price for two epic size Euro games. And you were getting Kickstarter versions effectively. So I thought it was pretty good value. Hopefully episode one is a fun game as well as episode two. But we'll see. 
However, you know, David Turksey did Anachrony, uh, you know, the designers of Anachrony, Tricarion, and Yido. I've not played Yido, but uh, the other two are on my shelf. Right behind me is there, and I've got the Anachrony Fractures of Time Infinity Box downstairs to unwrap. <laughs> that should be pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got faith in this team, faith in this uh, publisher. I mean, this is Mind Clash Games. Mind Clash Games have not released a bad game. Now, technically, they did release that little card game spin-off of Cerebria, but even that is not too bad a card game. I think I'd give it a 7. I think it's a half-decent card game, just not one I kept. But ignoring that little spin-off, because it was a side thing, all their big Euros, fantastic. They're all 10 out of 10s for me, or at least 9s. You know, they are fantastic games. They've not put a foot wrong when it comes to epic Euros. Hopefully, they won't here either. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to theme interesting themes and settings with complex euro mechanics this is like these are the top people i go to for a complex euro hands down so yeah quite a lot there quite a lot coming up so that's it i better wrap this up because people are going to be wondering where i am for stellaris but uh Thank you for joining me on this podcast, everybody. You know, nearly an hour long. So uh, I guess if you've missed me over Christmas when I was taking a break, then here you go. But yeah, there's some games I'm looking forward to in 2021. I just hope that 2021 is a nicer year for everybody. You know, UK, US, Europe, the lot. You know, we got to deal with, uh, you know, isolation and Brexit and all sorts of stuff. But then the US has got its own troubles as well. So, you know, I just hope that eventually we can just get the world under control and you know just remember to be good to each other again <laughs> you know thankfully board gamers are usually good to each other so you know you know the nice ones and i just look forward to things getting back to normal where i can see some of you fantastic people at a convention and say hi give you a hug actually give you a hug i'm giving someone other than my parents a hug in ages and probably even when we are vaccinated against covid and that we probably won't stand a chance of being able to do hugs but just to be able to see you in person and chat to you and play some games i mean please have this sorted by september please 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 i can live without the games expo and aircon i would like uh, things to be at a point where aircon and games expo could go ahead but you know fingers crossed but essen and midgard september and october come on if we can't get this under control in nine months given that this all started february march last year so a year and a half if we can't get this under control in a year and a half i'll lose all faith in humanity but just get it ready so we can travel there i want to go to essen i want to go back to germany and walk around a convention and see all you people and all the creators and content creators that i love but then i also want to go to midgard because they've invited me back there as a guest well back there i've never been but they've invited me there as a guest but iceland is so is like the top country i want to visit i love that kind of scenery just like the norwegian fjords the convention sounds great hilmar who runs it is a lovely bloke i've played games on tts with him at gridcon and that you know he's one of my followers on the youtube channel such a nice bloke but the convention sounds great and it's iceland i want to go to iceland just please come on please have things sorted by september please 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 that is my wish for 2021 anyway i better get on uh, people are probably wondering where i've got to so we can go uh, kill space aliens and stuff uh but take care uh just be nice to each other hope you enjoy the content let me know feedback on you know what you want to hear in the podcast later this year but also let me have your feedback as to how you like the new format changes for the channel you know not necessarily for just the first video the arnak one watch the second one as well and watch the under falling skies video that i do and let me know your thoughts on format and stuff like that because they take me a long time to edit so if they're going to stick they need to be positively received but yeah 
Take care, see you all, and remember as always, it's only a game. Take care, stay safe.